0: Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly compendium of questions that you send to us via questions at drhoffman.net. Yes. Relatively new address, but uh, the previous address soon to fade into our memories as more and more people are answering the clarion call to send questions to questions at drhoffman.net. Easy. Enough. Mm-hmm. We got questions today, Layla. Yes, we do. All right. Yeah. We'll tackle them in a moment. Mm-hmm. But uh, revisiting a subject that uh, we've talked about in the past is uh, artificial sweeteners mm-hmm. as a treatment for diabetes as a way to get people to lose weight because you, know, you get all the benefits of the sweet taste without the caloric downside. And it makes a lot of sense, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, due to the law of unintended consequences, Uh, often these great concepts go awry. And and an entire multi-billion dollar industry has been built on this concept. Yes. And uh, as we've discussed in the past, uh, these are not good for you. And pretty much uh, most well-informed nutritionists uh, now have gotten this. What what would you say among your colleagues who are nutritionists, do you think that message has trickled down or are there still some some, uh, bitter ender uh, nutritionists who tell people to drink uh, Diet Coke.
1: Oh, yeah. There are a lot of bitter ender nutritionists who will say, no, drink the... There's no calories. They're all about the calories, calories, calories. Right. It's not, not everything. It's, right. it's our hormones, too. So the, the thing is, is with uh, with the artificial sweeteners, the problem is it's still stimulating insulin mm-hmm. in very much the same way sugar does, but no calories are coming in so but, but just that stimulation of insulin is causing then a crash in blood sugar or the blood sugar to come mm-hmm. down further than it normally might. Even in a diabetic to right. some degree, when blood sugar is coming down, we get hungry. So it's almost creating a false hunger Right. in that regard.
0: So, so the, the study in question, uh, it actually is from uh, uh, 2020 that has come to my attention. Uh, effect of artificial sweeteners on insulin resistance among type 2 diabetes mellitus mm-hmm. patients. And uh, the researchers uh, gave either sugar uh, or artificial sweeteners, uh, comparably sweet, to patients. And what they found is that uh, their insulin response uh, was comparable. So there was no yeah. advantage.
1: To the no artificial difference.
0: sweeteners. Yeah. Um, and, and okay, so what's interesting about that is it speaks to a mechanism other than the presence of sugar mm-hmm. as a trigger for insulin response. Mm-hmm. And it is believed that they're even just looking at a sugary thing it creates a cerebral response.
1: Yes, right? and that could still stimulate your pancreas <laughs> to a degree to. St- you know, just the anticipation right. of that food being eaten. Right. The, the insulin is already being secreted to some degree.
0: So, so watching late night TV with a you know a lot of uh, commercials for cookies and yeah. things like that. Yeah. You know, Saturday morning TV it too, could or whatever. Worsen your metabolic syndrome. Just watching. Just but then, watch it. but then there's the effect on the taste buds. Yes. And if it tastes sweet, it sends a signal to the pancreas to secrete yes. insulin mm-hmm. without the presence of sugar. Right. Yeah. And then possibly there are other receptors somewhere in the GI tract that mm-hmm. respond to the sweetness, the perceived sweetness that doesn't actually yeah. uh, engender caloric. So the, this is kind of a confirmation of something we've been saying for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think we're just sort of reinforcing the message that if you want to lose weight, if you want to deal with your diabetes, if you want to uh, if you want to improve your metabolic syndrome, yeah. uh, you can. Uh, you know, really don't use the armistice. We had a diabetic patient uh, this morning. Yes. Was he uh, uh, under the misconception that he could drink uh, diet drinks?
1: No, he wasn't drinking any of that, but he was putting some sugar in his coffee. Okay. So we had a long conversation about that. Okay. But here's the other thing about the diet drinks. And even amongst uh, patients of ours who don't have diabetes, who are on low-carb diets for weight loss, metabolic syndrome, all of that, they find that if they continue drinking a diet soda their weight loss plateaus. When we take the diet soda away, yep. the plateau magically disappears. So there is testimony right there. Mm-hmm. to the importance of that insulin being secreted because insulin after its very important job of trying to regulate blood sugar is a fat storage hormone. Yep, You're, You put yourself in fat storage mode metaboli- yep. Yep. metabolically for a period of time. And then there's also some, uh,
0: some information about the uh, microbiome effects yes. of these Artificial chemicals yeah. that they may disrupt the microbiome mm-hmm. and thereby change the way that we metabolize calories and yes. uh, deposit fat, mm-hmm. so that there's a, a microbiome effect. Uh, and so, so, some people may say, "Well, metabolic syndrome. Okay, I don't have diabetes. I've got metabolic syndromes, and no biggie. Yeah, you know, I you know have a thirty-six inch pant size and." And I wish I was down to my, you know, uh, you know college mm-hmm. weight, but there's no biggie. But here's an interesting finding, and I shared the article with you as well, because yeah. we, we had written an article on the impact of diet on sexual functioning. Yes. And one of our main points was, well, there's no such thing as some magic aphrodisiac food, you know, like uh, prairie oysters or, you know, eat uh, shellfish, <laughs> prairie or, oysters. you know, which are... <laughs> bull testicles, you know, know, all these foods that are reputed to have uh, aphrodisiac effects. But there is a dietary path towards better Mm -hmm. sexual functioning. Mm -hmm. Uh, Article I sent you, there's a direct correlation between metabolic syndrome and ED, erectile dysfunction. Yes. Even in younger men. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's not all about everybody who's been smoking, but suddenly in their 40s, They're finding they can't maintain an erection anymore. It's the smoking, but it's also the other stuff, the metabolic syndrome, the prediabetes, the diabetes, all of that. You know, there's coronary arteries and there's a network of arteries in the pelvis. It's got everything to do with the blood flow there
0: as well. And, you know, there are impacts on nitric oxide production also, uh, which uh, have an impact on that too. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, we talk about the Berkeley Life product, which is uh, Mm -hmm. a source of uh, dietary nitrates, yeah. Uh we also talk the flavor naturals product, the the cocoa product that we're yes. talking about frequently mm-hmm. uh, also generates nitric oxide. So
1: people are absolutely excited about that product because they get to have their chocolate and eat it too. Right.
0: And it's <laughs> and it's therapeutic.
1: And it's therapeutic. It's, yes, it's, it's kinda it.
0: like uh, you know, the enthusiasm people had over red wine, you know. It's yeah. Like,
1: yeah, yeah, uh,
0: yeah. where it didn't turn out to be that healthy for you really, you know.
1: No, it's still a neurotoxin. It's alcohol, it's still a neurotoxin. Yeah. And, you
0: know. Yeah. Unless
1: you take three tablespoons of it, you know.
0: So dark chocolate is the new red wine.
1: Exactly, dark right. chocolate. <laughs> but it's got to be high
0: flavanol dark chocolate. Absolutely, okay.
1: absolutely. All
0: right, so let's get to questions. Questions at net is our mailbox. Let's hear it.
1: Mary writes, Hi, Dr. Hoffman. Would appreciate hearing a more in-depth discussion of constipation, causes, and especially natural treatments. After prune juice, fibers you know which ones really do work lactulose magnesium oxide the next step for gastroenterologists is linzess
0: which is a medication that is That's a prostaglandin uh, medication, medication mm-hmm. with a lot of precautions because yeah. it should not be used in children it should not be used you know in pregnancy it should not be used mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it can cause diarrhea, you know, uh, yeah. if, if the diarrhea doesn't stop, call you, call the emergency room, you know. Yeah, that kind um, of stuff. It, but, uh, it, look, constipation is a really serious problem. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. uh, so let's kind of break it down and, you know, maybe we can do a oh, back yeah, and forth. Because and, sure. it is, there are a multiplicity of causes. Yes. Yeah. So I think one major cause is Western lifestyle, which yeah. is, um, low fiber diet, low fiber diet, sedentary lifestyle, and sedentary lifestyle, because uh, you know uh, exercise, you know promotes peristalsis and continues mm-hmm. uh, peristalsis.
1: Ask anyone who recently started jogging. <laughs> Oh wow! I'm five blocks away from home, and I have to go to the bathroom. Yep.
0: yep yeah. Right. It really moves yeah, things along. I mean, I, I wasn't going to go there, but actually, I, uh, one of my buddies used to say, you know, on those long bike rides, I always take a little roll of toilet paper along. <laughs> you know? So, uh, yep. but so there's that. There's the low fiber diet. Yeah. Okay. So then the solution should be everybody go on a high fiber diet, and you'll have normalized you'll normalize your bowel movements. True or false? False. Right. Because some
1: people will take heroic amounts of fiber, and it doesn't take care of the problem. Even though they're drinking enough water with it. Because, you know, the opposite can happen if you're taking a lot of fiber, and you're not drinking enough water, it can make the constipation absolutely worse.
0: Well, it, it acts like sort of a, like a expanding sponge.
1: Exactly. It needs water to be that sponge, right. otherwise it'll turn to a brick.
0: Yeah. To, Good right. luck moving that. Cement. Yeah. You know, right. Uh, so... But actually, the type of constipation we mostly see—most mm-hmm. people who come to us are self-aware enough to be on a high-fiber diet. They've been there, done that. Yeah, they've tried psyllium, they've tried other fibers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they've uh, used uh, peg, which is uh, mira—what's mir- it called? Miralax.
1: Miralax. This is right. polyethylene
0: glycol. Yes. Uh, and they still can't go. And what that is, it's a motility problem, mm-hmm. and it's it effect a lazy <laughs> bowel. Yeah. And that may be uh, worsened by hormone effects in women. Women sometimes get very constipated at certain times of the month. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It varies under hormonal influence. Mm-hmm. Also, the female anatomy is a little bit less uh, conducive to uh, the evacuation because of the pelvic yeah. floor uh, dysmotility, you know, like, like yeah. a lack of coordination of the pelvic floor. There's an element of that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, multiple pregnancies, multiple, you know, like a hysterectomy or something <clears> like that. <throat> um, there's um, the microbiome effect. You know, it's yes. just a lot of people obliterate the microbiome, lots of antibiotics, uh, poor quality diets that... Uh, coming
1: Coming back to the person taking heroic amounts of fiber and water and it's not doing anything... Then they take a probiotic for the first time ever and voila. Everything is better. Right, right. So it could be a matter of just the
0: Repopulating. Repopulating Repopulating with the good stuff. So there's there we talk about SIBO, small intestine bacterial overgrowth. The majority of SIBO is associated with urgency, so we call that IBS D, with diarrhea predominance. But there's of course a lot of IBS C constipation predominance with bloating, cramping and uh difficulty evacuating and mm-hmm. emptying out. Uh that is can be distinguished sometimes on a SIBO test. The people who have the diarrhea predominance often have too much hydrogen on yes. a breath test. The ones who have constipation are methane, methane. predominant. Yeah. Methane is a signaling molecule mm-hmm. in the body. It also, you know, it's swab gas. Right. But uh, actually, uh, contrary to what people think, it actually doesn't have much of an odor. That's why uh, mm-hmm. natural gas has to be, there's certain additives, certain uh, gases are added to it to alert people to the presence of oh, uh, a, a gas leak. So, But methane is a, kind of a neurotransmitter in the gut and actually slows peridals- peristalsis.
1: Ah,
0: which is consistent with constipation. Right. Um, That's interesting. So, I mean, we tell sometimes people that certain things are constipating. Um,
1: There are foods that can be constipating. Which are? The acronym BRAT, B-R-A-T, stands for bananas. Right. White rice, not brown, because brown has the fiber. The A is for applesauce. I have a handful of patients who have even trouble with apples, believe mm, it or not. Wow. Even with the fiber in the skin.
0: Yeah, it's fibrous. It's, it's got fibrous, soluble fiber.
1: Apples are a problem for some people. Really? Interesting. The tea stands for black tea. Right. And dry toast. The black what? tea has a lot of tannins. Mm-hmm. Anything that dries up the mouth dries up the insides. But there are other foods that are also concentrated.
0: One other one that is notorious Yeah. is chamomile tea. Oh, yes. I kind of hate chamomile tea.
1: Yeah. But when I see... It's a muscle relaxant. Yeah. And we have muscles in the GI tract. Okay. So that's going to slow down that peristalsis or at least make it right. kind of sleepy. Yeah. It's good for, you know, muscle cramping. I, I consider
0: chamomile tea sort of an old lady tea. Yeah, it is. And who, and many of them are constipated.
1: Yeah, True. <laughs> no true. Like they're taking it because they have an upset stomach. Yeah. You take chamomile tea, little do they know, oh, that's why they can't evacuate. Okay. Some. Other constipating foods yeah. are... Cheeses, particularly hard cheeses, Mm -hmm. Uh, also raw nuts. Raw nuts contain contain trypsin inhibitors. Oh. Naturally, yeah, which inhibit digestion. So you want to roast them. When you when they're roasted properly, Mm -hmm. it kind of deactivates Mm -hmm. many of the trypsin inhibitors, so that. If, I, I have patients, if they look at a raw nut, they're not going to the bathroom
0: for is days. Is it plausible then for, to cure constipation for some people by giving them uh, digestive enzymes?
1: Sure. Yeah. They could use some digestive enzymes. Some people don't have enough. They're, they're, they don't have enough pancreatic enzymes. That could be another reason mm-hmm.
0: for constipation. Although that can also cause diarrhea. If you True. have inability to digest fat, you have what's called EPI, yes. exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, mm-hmm. which is now they're mm-hmm. advertising on the radio. Yeah. Uh, but that's more like uh, IBS... D. D. That's IBSD. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: So it could be a matter of enzymes, it could be a matter of uh, not enough fiber, not enough probiotic, prebiotic, even prebiotic hey, foods. Maybe we
0: should write a book on this. We can. You think it would be a, like a bestseller? We
1: could talk all day about The this
0: Constipation topic. Bible.
1: <laughs> Another thing, and okay. I love this. Keep going. we on a uh, roll. We're on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> is, you know, we in America, I, I think we're the nation with the highest incidence of. Hemorrhoids. Okay. And the reason is oh, we yeah. don't squat. Yeah. To go to the bathroom. Right. We should be squatting. Well, what happens when we squat? First of all, the rectum straightens out, yes. makes for a more complete and cleaner evacuation. Mm-hmm. Right. But also, the squatting right. also pulls the vasculature away mm-hmm. from the anus. Right. So, there isn't a risk of hemorrhoid.
0: So, if, if, if I share a unisex toilet with you and you're going to the bathroom and I look under the <laughs> stall, I'm not going to see your feet? <laughs> you're not going to see my- Exactly. I, a little, that's it's something called a
1: squatty potty. Okay. And you know what's great? If you've I've got one at home, I love it. I think it's a great thing yeah. because we have a toilet in the house that's too high. Oh. It doesn't work for that. It's a throw. So instead of instead right. of changing the toilet, which right. we don't want to spend the money on that, I got a squatty potty, it's great. When you take it out of the box it says your best are right. you ready for the best bowel movement right. of your life? join the bowel movement I couldn't (laughs) I was just falling over laughing
0: right right. it's a great thing well you know historically I mean we look at the paleo model you know the paleo diet paleo exercise paleo sleep and our modern style of going to the bathroom is not paleo it's not uh it the you know I, I actually visited a castle uh in uh in which was built by um let's see if I get my history correct it was built by uh Richard the lionhearted mm. and uh you know he went on the Crusades and then uh and then he died uh and so the they actually uh have some remnants of the toilets mm. and the toilets uh were seats with holes that uh you know where there's kind of like a waterfall cascade to the moat
1: yes below
0: oh. And uh, but they said that it was very important in the architecture of the castles to make sure that those uh, walls were not scalable, because that could be a way to breach the impregnable barriers of the So you'd have to. And, oh my goodness. And in Game of Thrones, yeah, uh, that was one of the routes of invasion. Uh-huh. Uh, for them to breach the wall, I think it was Game of Thrones. It might have been oh in gosh. another series, The Vikings, yeah. or something. Uh-huh. Uh, that that's how they got in the castle. Oh, so a small historical detail. But uh, the uh, toilets are a relatively modern uh, invention. I read a, a recent yeah. uh, article on that. Is uh, their their invention is attributed to a guy named Thomas Crapper, uh, <laughs> who, yeah, so no, really, yes, so you, for really, no, for <laughs> you real, you can't make this up. In the eighteen hundreds, <laughs> who developed uh, the indoor flush toilet. But he really wasn't the inventor of this because, uh, actually, in ancient Crete, they mm-hmm. actually had like uh, systems where they had like kind of a water flow with a with a flush that could pour the water into a cistern where you know it in fact, you know poured away the things. Yeah. So you, he really wasn't the guy. I mean, he it's one of those apocryphal stories that he invented the Mr. Toilet. Crapper. But uh, <laughs> you know, uh, in the in the 19th century. Uh, and in many countries, uh, in the world, even today, uh, you go to the bathroom, it's like, there's like a hole in the ground, and then there's sometimes a place to put your feet. Yes. And, uh, cause I remember when I was a, 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 kid and I went to Morocco and I went even to Spain, mm-hmm. um, some of these le- then lesser developed countries, uh, those were, that was the bathroom. You yeah. Know? And, yeah. uh, then there was like a, their little faucet there, mm-hmm. and you know you would just but the bidet. Yeah, it clean Well, the bidet is another invention That's, of hygiene that
1: needs to come to America.
0: Well, that it, needs some to come people to do America. that. Yeah, yeah. But,
1: some people get it all built into their toilets. Wow. But,
0: but anyway, so so you know, but mm-hmm. I think you're pointing out the what the there's some biomechanical problems yes uh and that people have we lo- need to
1: be squatting and i think people this, have lost
0: the musculature yes they know.
1: lose the musculature and the older they get and you know what happens with older people they want toilets that are higher so mm-hmm. they can sit down and get up again yeah yeah, yeah. but that works against them yeah, yeah, yeah. in in trying to have a proper bowel movement so
0: so then so there's another aspect to this yeah. is, and that is the the stress aspect yes and it turns out that it, it generally, uh, when you're in an uh, autonomic uh, overdrive, kind of a, uh, an anxious state, it's a little harder to evacuate. Uh, what uh, is more likely to help that is a parasympathetic state, which is mm. the rest and digest state, yeah. which promotes digestion and peristalsis. And people get kind of locked up when they're, you know, in an adrenalized uh, sympathetic. Yeah. Overdrive, yes, which is the fight or flight state. So I think sometimes people are perpetually in that state. They never really get into a state of relaxation. Yes, uh, and yeah.
1: There's another thing. Uh, there are also, hydration
0: is another hydration is big. Yeah. you
1: have to drink. You have to drink plenty right. of water, at least eight eight ounce glasses mm-hmm, of pure mm-hmm. water a day. However, the other th- and another reason why some people are constipated is they ignore the urge to go.
0: Right, right, right. Suppress it because they want,
1: they and, don't right. want to go at work. Sure, sure. They don't want to go, they right. don't, people, they don't go on vacation. Are you kidding me? It, they just want to go at home. You have to get over that. Right. You have to pay right. attention to nature's and that, call.
0: That's suppressing, suppressing. It's a behavioral yes. thing. Yes, 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 and yes. And yes. it was less likely to happen in Paleolithic times because they'd say, well, you know, you have to go, just go around the corner, go out of the cave, be careful because there's, there's there some. there be
1: a tiger and we won't like see you a anymore. there
0: The watch out for the bear. But right. like... But please, you know, don't don't go inside the cave because yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, that could have created some anxiety too. Sure, you know. sure, absolutely. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh! So, Mary, we hope this is a, enough of a uh, discussion
0: <laughs> for and you. We, and if we missed anything, yeah. Yeah. mail your suggestions, mail to your questions to net.
1: <laughs> really, his name was Thomas Crapper.
0: Yeah, historically, I
1: can't make this. Oh my can I, goodness! can I can make this up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah
0: okay thank Did, you for are that we, are we supposed to do a uh, a break a break for a commercial mm-hmm. announcement let's yes. do that now and share this vital message with our listeners here it goes thanks for listening, and thanks for supporting our sponsors. They, of course, are what makes this podcast a free resource to you. And now, back to our questions.
1: This comes from Jean. Hi, uh, dear Dr. Hoffman and Layla, the question about extremely fragile skin on today's Q&A was very timely. We answered a question recently about very, very Mm -hmm. uh, fragile skin, its condition some very old relatives had. At this point, my skin is fine, but I'm out in the sun a lot during the
0: summer. And I've
1: heard that sunlight can degrade the collagen. This
0: is so timely. This is like a setup. I mean, you're throwing me like a high-hanging curveball, and I'm going to hit it out of the park. All right. Keep going.
1: Okay. I've seen ads for red light therapy. Okay. Uh, One of the claims is that red light therapy can help minimize wrinkles, making collagen cells healthier. It sort of sounds like snake oil, but even WebMD has an article about the benefits of red light therapy. What do you think? What do you, is there any credibility to red light claims? Uh, could it potentially help the skin? Did you is look this into really it? Is out there? Did you look into it? I read some about it, that it could, you know, the, the claims that Gene that is telling us here in this email is, are the claims they're making, which is interesting, uh, in a few different sources. So it might be something. It might be something. Because I, if you're stressing your collagen, it's forcing it to. It's kind of like a laser therapy mm-hmm. to some degree, and it's also got to be um, just like the electrical stimulation mm-hmm. to tighten up skin. Okay, it's got to be some kind. Of, well, all that although that more works on it, muscles.
0: It may sends an impulse to for the skin cells to proliferate yeah. and regenerate, or yes. something. Yes, like yes.
1: Okay, but
0: that's very interesting. Uh, yeah. I, so the reason I say. Mm -hmm. Uh, that it's like right in my wheelhouse is guess what next week's newsletter is going to be about. My newsletter. Skin. A dozen natural sun protective supplements.
1: Oh, yay. Because
0: apropos, it's it's summer. summer, All right. So, and I'm going to run through them quickly, but if you want, uh, you know, check out our newsletter. Those of you already subscribed, you'll get it in your inbox midweek. And uh, those of you don't, uh, even if you don't want to uh, subscribe, you can go to drhoffman.com and download it when it appears on our website as part of our um, article flow. Yes. There's, you know, we post all the articles there and you can see them. All right. So I'm just running through a dozen things and I'm, the, the detail is in my article. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ready for this? Yeah. Uh, actually, let me tease to that because mm-hmm. we'll talk about it in part two. Oh, my. Yeah. So, uh, our listeners know that we divide our podcast into two parts. Coming up, a compendium of a dozen natural sun-protective supplements. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman today with Layla Mutin because it's our weekly Q&A with Layla. Together, we answer your questions sent to questions at drhoffman.net. We'll be right back.